In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. I greet you on this day, July the 2nd, from Holy Transfiguration Orthodox Church, where we are serving our weekly service of intercession prayer to the Mother of God. We do not have any relics of the Most Holy Mother of God's body because we know, according to church tradition, that she died a human death and received burial and was mourned over by the apostles at her repose. But we know also that when they went to open her tomb, when the Apostle Thomas arrived, he arrived late, and he wanted to see the Most Holy Mother of God one last time. When they opened the tomb, her body was not there. And she had been translated to heaven to reign with her son in heaven. <clears throat> he did not allow her body to undergo corruption. So we don't have any physical relics of the Mother of God's body as we do have the relics of some of the, of many of the the apostles and many saints down through history. We cherish these relics as signs of God's manifestation of his glory to the saints. However, we do have some relics, what we would call secondary relics related to Mary, the mother of God. And today we have the feast of one of those relics the placing of the honorable robe of the Most Holy Theotokos at Black Renee. So here is the story. During the reign of Leo the Great, this was in the late 5th century, mid-5th century, between years 457 and 474, somewhere during the reign of Leo the Great, there were two noblemen who went on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and stayed at the home of an old widow. Seeing the miracles that were wrought in her small house, many miracles happened in her house. They learned from her that she had the robe of the Most Holy Mother of God stored in a small chest in her home. Apparently, the old woman was a descendant of one of two virgins who had attended the Theotokos before her dormition. Two virgins who had been her companions with her up until the end of her life and knew her very well. In her last days, apparently the mother of God had given each of these two virgins a garment, one of her garments as a blessing. And that was the origin of this robe that this woman had been keeping in her home for Well, nearly 400 years that had been passed down from generation to generation. Imagine that, the sanctity of that garment and how they protected it and kept it down through history. Well, sadly for the woman, and I guess as a blessing for the rest of the church, these pilgrims stole the garment from her 
We don't know exactly the circumstances, whether they asked her for the garment or whether they just took it, but they took the garment and they brought it to Blackernay near Constantinople, where they built a church dedicated to Saints Peter and Paul, and they secretly deposited the robe there. And again, because of the presence of this robe, the miracles, the multitude of miracles wrought through the robe revealed its presence, and it became known to the Emperor Leo and to the Orthodox people in general. We don't know what happened eventually to this robe because of the uh, change in history and the overrunning of uh, Constantinople eventually by the Muslims. We do not know what happened to it. And yet we have this historical record of a garment of the Mother of God having great healing power. Today is also the feast day of our patron saint, St. John Maximovich, Archbishop of Shanghai and San Francisco. We will be celebrating his feast day, especially this coming Saturday, uh, July the 4th. Very fitting that we celebrate the Independence Day, the day of freedom on the feast day of St. John Maximovich. We always celebrate it on the Saturday closest to his feast day by having our annual Fall Creek Freedom Festival, which is just a fun family time of celebrating our freedom by participating in a lot of fun, old-fashioned games and activities, as well as worshiping here at the church and serving the Vespers for St. John Maximovich, our patron saint. This brightly shining saint of our own day was born in Russia in 1896. In 1921, his family fled the Russian Revolution to Serbia, where he became a monk and was ordained a priest. From the time of his entry into monastic life, he adopted a severely ascetic way of life. For the rest of his life, he never slept in a bed, sleeping only briefly in a chair or prostrated before the icons. He ate one meal a day in the evening. Teaching seminarians in Serbia, he instructed them each day to devote six hours to divine services, six hours to prayer, not including the divine services, six hours to good works, and six hours to rest. And of course, these six hours included eating and bathing as well as sleeping. Whether his seminarians followed his counsel, we do not know, but he himself not only followed but exceeded them. In 1934, he was made Bishop of Shanghai in the Russian Church Abroad, where he served not only the Russian immigre community, but a number of native Chinese Orthodox. From time to time, he served the Divine Liturgy in Chinese. <clears throat> when the communists took power in China, he labored tirelessly to evacuate his flock to safety, first to the Philippines then to various Western countries, including the United States. <coughs> he served as bishop in Paris and Brussels, and then in 1962 was made Archbishop of San Francisco. Throughout his life as a monk and hierarch, he was revered and sometimes condemned for his ascetic labors and unceasing intercessions. 
During his life and ever since, numerous miracles, miraculous healings of all manner of afflictions have been accomplished through his prayers. Once in Shanghai, a caretaker investigating strange noises in the cathedral after midnight discovered Bishop John standing in the bell tower, looking down at the city and praying for the people. Years later, when he visited Holy Trinity Monastery in Jordanville, New York, the priest responsible for hosting him found the saint walking through the halls of the monastery, standing outside the door of each room and praying for the monk or seminarian sleeping within. When the archbishop had prayed outside each room, he returned to the beginning of his circuit and began praying again, and so he spent the entire night. Even as archbishop, He lived in near-absolute poverty. His appearance was striking. His cassock was made of blue Chinese peasant cloth, crudely decorated with crosses stitched by orphans who had been in his care in Shanghai. His bishop's mitre was often a cloth cap to which he had glued paper icons. Even in the United States, even while serving The divine liturgy, which he did every day, he went barefoot in all seasons. Eventually, after he was hospitalized with an infected foot, his metropolitan ordered him to wear shoes. Thereafter, he wore sandals. Needless to say, he was an embarrassment to those who liked their bishops to make a worldly, more worldly appearance. But among his various flocks throughout the world, there were always those who recognized him as a saint, in his own lifetime. Following his repose in 1966, a steady stream of healings and other miracles was accomplished through his intercessions. And in 1996, he was glorified as a saint of the church. His incorrupt and wonder-working relics can be venerated at his cathedral in San Francisco. I personally have been there and have been able to witness his relics. At St. John's funeral, Eula just told his mourners and all of us, because Archbishop John was able to live the spirituality of the Orthodox Church so fully, even in modern Western urban society, we are without excuse. And just a footnote. An acquaintance of Monk John once met him on a train in Serbia. This was before he was a bishop. When asked his destination, Monk John replied, I'm going to straighten out a mistake. I've gotten a letter meant for some other John whom they intend to make a bishop. The same person met him again on his return journey and asked if he had been able to resolve his problem. John answered, The mistake is much worse than I thought. They did make me a bishop. St. John is the patron saint of this parish. It was through his prayers in 1997 that we were granted the blessing to start this mission here in Crawfordsville given the name Holy Transfiguration and placed under the heavenly protection of St. John the Wonder Worker of Shanghai and San Francisco. 
Holy Saint John, pray for us that we may live truly the authentic Orthodox Christian life in this culture and in this time. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory forever.